G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's one thing to want to hear God speak. Lots of people do. How can I hear God speak to me is one of the most common questions I'm asked. But half the time, I wonder whether we're not really wandering around with our ears shut and our eyes closed. I mean, really... Bernie Diamond, and thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're continuing with the next message in a series called, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? Because yes, that's right, God hasn't all of a sudden stopped communicating with us. In fact, He yearns to speak into your life. So let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you hear the voice of God, God speaking directly to you for yourself. My enduring memory of being dragged to church when I was a child was the droning of the preacher. I can honestly say he never said one thing, not a single thing back in those days, that impacted my life for good. Perhaps there was one thing. I was so bored this particular Sunday, sitting on these hard wooden pews as a young lad, that I took the time to learn to wiggle my ears. But but that was it. An incredible waste of time when you think about it, and really sad, because there's something incredibly powerful about hearing the Word of God preached and receiving God's wisdom that way. Last week, we kicked off a series of messages about how we can hear God speak. I mean, if God is God and we're meant to have a relationship with Him, then shouldn't we be able to communicate with Him? Of course, we can pray. That's communication in one direction. But what about communication back in the other direction? How can you and I actually hear God speaking His will into our lives. As we saw last week, God is still speaking today. We've chatted so far about hearing Him speak through His Word, the Bible, and during times when we get still before Him in prayer. We're going to chat today about two more ways that we can hear God speak. Firstly, hearing through His providence of preaching, and after the break, through the reading of signs. Hmm. Now, the idea of preaching, some guy getting up and speaking about God's Word, teaching what's in the Bible, you know, to many people, it seems pretty old-fashioned. And the other problem with it is that there's lots of bad preaching going around as well. I've sat and listened to a lot of people talk about the messages they get from their pastor on a Sunday morning. And I have to tell you, in many, many cases, the news is not good. There's a lot of dead preaching out there, people droning on with irrelevant, boring messages. Not everywhere, of course. Not every pastor, not every church, but a lot of it. A.W. Tozer, in his classic book, The Pursuit of God, put it this way. He said, It's a solemn thing and no small scandal in the kingdom of God to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. Sound Bible exposition is an imperative must in the church of the living God. Without it, no church can be a New Testament church in any meaning of that term. But exposition can be carried on in such a way as to leave the hearers devoid of any spiritual nourishment whatsoever. 
For it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in their experience, they are no better for having heard the truth. It's sad but true. Hang on, this is nothing new though. This is how Luke records the reaction of people to Jesus' preaching. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astounded at his teaching because he spoke with authority. And again, Matthew. Listen to what he says. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. In other words, this stuff that Jesus was talking about is not the sort of preaching and teaching that they'd been hearing from their scribes and synagogue leaders and priests and the rest of the religious establishment. In fact, quite to the contrary. Again, listen to what Jesus had to say about the teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees. Matthew chapter 23, beginning at verse 2. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they don't practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. So I guess what I'm saying is that there's good preaching and bad preaching. Let's call a spade a spade here. Preaching that brings life, and sadly, preaching that brings death. And people who sit under dead teaching... Well, their faith and their passion for Jesus ebbs away, and little by little they grow cold. Little by little their faith dies, and they with it. Does that mean that, that good preaching is all hyped and motivational and, you know, about success and, and earning a lot of money? No, that's not what makes good preaching. Good preaching speaks the things of God into our lives. There's an authority, there's a gravitas, a weight, a power that reaches into our hearts. The people listening to Jesus were amazed because he spoke with authority. They could just pick it. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples when he was telling them how he was the good shepherd? John chapter 10, beginning at verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought all his own out, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run away from the stranger because they don't know the voice of the strangers. And then Jesus went on to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. See, when you hear the voice of God through someone preaching, you just know. Friends, seek out the sort of preaching and teaching that you know comes from Jesus. The sort with authority. The sort through which power and grace and truth and love from Jesus ring out. Clear pure and unmistakable. It's the sort of teaching that God uses to change lives. It's astounding. It's amazing because you can feel God reach out through the speaker into the realities of your own life. Listen to those sorts of teachers and do not sit under dead teaching. Scribes and Pharisees are alive and well in the church today and there's tired, uninspired, dead preaching to be had in abundance I don't want to sound critical or self-righteous. That's not what this is about. This is about calling a spade a spade. It's about being honest and direct. How sad it is to sit there and just learn to wiggle your ears, as I did as a lad, and miss out on the bread of life. Tozer was right. This is no small scandal. Let me share a story with you. 
There was a time just before my wife Jackie and I were married and we were engaged and, and it seemed that everything was going against us. We were really, really low, both of us. We had a great church and a great pastor and a great teacher, but we were low. So we decided to go down the hill one Sunday evening and visit another church, just on a whim. The preacher wasn't the regular pastor whom we knew, but a visiting guy from some surfing ministry. He preached on Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33, the bit where Jesus walks on the water and Peter steps out of the boat in the middle of the storm. As we listened to this message, we looked at one another because we realised that God had put this message and this preacher there for us to strengthen us and encourage us. Over the coming weeks, we persevered through the challenges we faced with a new courage and it all worked out. And to this day, I remember that message, even though it was decades ago now. To this day, when I'm facing challenges and my faith is being challenged and I need courage, I go back to that passage. God is still using that message in my life today. Inspired, anointed preaching and teaching is one of the ways we hear from God. It's mighty and it's powerful and God can target issues and needs in our lives so accurately, so precisely. Let me encourage you to find and to receive that sort of teaching and preaching in your life. Not the stuff that necessarily entertains you or tickles your ears or tells you what you want to hear. Plenty of that stuff out there too and that is leading many people astray but the sort of preaching that tells God's truth with power and with authority. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a scripture verse with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, often in life, we have a lot of things going on around us. A thunderbolt over here, a ray of sunshine over there, and we're so busy reacting that we don't have time, or at least we don't make time, to step back, to survey the landscape, and ask ourselves, what's God up to here? What, what's he trying to say to me? And we live like that reactively, never trying to read the signs, never trying to make sense of what God's up to here, to our absolute detriment. Now, in February 2007, German woman Eva Wisniewska was competing in an international paragliding competition in rural New South Wales in Australia. The winds were from the south, so she and most of the other competitors headed north. Now, there was a thunderstorm brewing towards the north, but if they could only get through that before it formed, well, they'd be well on their way. She could see it happening, 
But the band of clouds and storms hadn't formed fully yet. So there she is, hanging off her paraglider, trying to skirt around a small cloud, when all of a sudden, the clouds merged in front of her, and she found herself in the middle of a powerful thunderstorm. Rain, hail, lightning, and winds. She had misread the signs. Now, the problem with clouds for a paraglider is that clouds mean lift. The storm rocketed her upwards at 20 metres per second, up and up. There was nothing she could do to stop it. The updraft was just too powerful. 3,000 metres, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000. Now, at 7,000 metres, we run out of oxygen. No one survives. 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 almost 10,000 metres, 10 kilometres above the Earth's surface. Frozen, unconscious, in the minus 55 degrees Celsius oxygen-depleted stratosphere, dangling from her paraglider, she glided there in a slow turn until suddenly the weight of the ice on her paraglider caused her to plummet several thousand metres. Then, miraculously, the paraglider snapped open again and the jolt woke her up. This was the most extraordinary experience, really a miracle. No one has ever survived something like that. Can you imagine how she felt when she came to? She's been sucked up into the thunderstorm. She's covered in ice, barely able to move, aware that she was in a precarious life and death situation. Still in this storm that could snuff her out, as by the way it had to another experienced competitor from China who'd been just a few hundred metres away from her. Even in this barely conscious state, though, knowing the mistakes that had put her in this place, knowing that she only had one chance of survival now that the storm was weakening and she was more on the edge than in the middle, she did the one thing she knew to do. She put herself in a downward spiral. With everything she could muster, she created this downward spiral. And she survived to tell this most extraordinary tale. In fact, a week later, she was back in the air with the very same paraglider. I watched her being interviewed. The one thing that she said was this, along these lines. It was a race. We were all trying to win. We saw the storm coming, but everyone headed towards it, and so I followed them. The thing that I've learned, she said, was that next time I'll read the signs for myself and make my own decisions about going on or pulling out. Now that, that is a bit of wisdom that really struck me between the eyes. We're talking this week, and for the next few weeks too, about hearing God speak. If God is God, how can we hear him speak? Last week we saw that he speaks through his word, the Bible, and we can rely on that as our bedrock, our foundation. God never contradicts himself. Whatever else we may hear, see, or feel, what he says in his word is the truth, and anything that contradicts that isn't the truth. And we saw that he speaks to us as we spend time in prayer, in thought quietly with him. And just before the break, we saw that he speaks to us through anointed and inspired preaching and teaching. What we're going to look at now is signs. Now, God speaks to us through signs as well. And one of the things we're taught in his word is to read the signs. Come with me to Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 54. Jesus also said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, It's going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there'll be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Now here, let's get the context right. Jesus is talking to them about the fact that they've got the Son of God right there under their noses. And they just don't get it. 
But the word sign or signs appears over 180 times throughout the Bible. Sometimes we're talking miraculous signs, but other times they're not so much miraculous. And almost exclusively these signs, listen to this, are pointing towards God and what he's doing and who he is. That's the whole point of signs. They're pointing to something. Jesus, the miracles he did, John in his gospel refers to them as signs. Jesus was and is the word of God. God's speaking to us about who he is and what he's up to in this world. And so often there are signs in our lives, maybe right under our noses. God's pointing us in a direction, but either we miss them altogether or we misinterpret them. I wonder how often people look at all that's going on in their lives, the storm clouds are rolling in, and they ask themselves, I wonder what God's up to. Have you ever been travelling through a situation, something difficult or complex, and you don't quite know the whole picture or how it's going to turn out, and then all of a sudden there's a flash of lightning over there and a thunderclap that follows, but over in a different direction there's a ray of sunshine, of hope. See, most of us, we can look up at the sky and see that the weather's changing, but we ignore what God's saying to us about what he's up to in the things that are happening around us. So here's what I do. When something's a little fuzzy, it's not quite clear, I take the time to quietly get before God. I pray a bit for wisdom and insight, and then I just look at the different things that are going on, and I think about them prayerfully. God, that event, what does that mean? Is, is there anything that you're trying to say to me through that? Or, or this person, he's being so difficult. What she said, do you mean for me to take notice of those things? I remember once we were having problems selling one of our houses when we'd already bought another one. Now, it's not something we'd done out of hubris. We felt God leading us on to downsize and downscale. And so we stepped out in faith. We bought a new house before we'd sold the other one. And way before things became difficult, a wise, experienced real estate agent had quipped to me. He said, I always tell people when they're selling, don't panic. It'll sell eventually. Now, I thought nothing of it at the time. When things got tight and difficult and really tight and settlement of the new place was coming up and the old place wasn't selling time and time again, God brought that passing comment back to me into my remembrance and spoke to me through it and gave me peace. It might be something you saw in a movie or on television or a thunderbolt or a ray of sunshine. You know, sometimes God will give us insight through those things that he's doing. He expects us to read the signs. It says so over and over again in the Bible. Is that like reading tea leaves? No. It's about looking at all the stuff that's going on through God's eyes, getting still and listening to what he's trying to say to us. So often God is speaking and we aren't even listening. I really encourage you to get still before God. Think about the different things that are going on and ask him what he's trying to say to you through the signs that you see around you. Ask God for his wisdom and insight. You know, when we go to God, he never holds back. He never doesn't give us wisdom. If we ask him and believe he'll give us the wisdom and believe he'll give us the insight, you know what? He'll give it to us. It's a process of learning to discern what God is saying and when it's him talking and when it's not. The one thing I always come back to is this. God never contradicts himself. That's why we can be absolutely certain that anything that contradicts God's word, in fact, isn't from him. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. 
God loves you more than words can ever possibly say. That's why he yearns to speak his love, his wisdom, his power directly into your life. And yet so many people are uncertain. So many people struggle to hear his voice. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of a special edition book called How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you hear God's voice for yourself. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send this special edition book straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, it's one thing to talk about hearing God. That's a very good thing. That's very much the first step to seeing the transformation that he wants to bring into our lives start actually happening. But that first step is not enough. There's something else that comes after hearing him speak that's just as important. And as we dive back into God's word, it's that something that we're going to take a look at next. I often tell people about a man who's had an enormous impact in my life, Phil Littlejohn. He was the pastor of the first church I attended after I became a Christian. Phil was and still is a gifted teacher of God's Word. Week after week, I'd listen to him preaching, and whilst I didn't realise it back then, him faithfully telling me each week what God had to say through his Word laid the foundations of my faith. It's like a bedrock, solid. I realised that when I stumbled across this passage, something that Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. That's exactly what was happening when I received God's word through the preaching from Pastor Phil. It was like building a house whose foundations were on solid ground. The preaching of God's word that I received through Phil was very much God's providence for me. In every sense of the word, it was God sent. And that's why it is such an incredible tragedy for people to waste their time, waste their lives, sitting under dead, lifeless, uninspired teaching. With all that I am, let me say this, if that's what you're doing right now in your church, something has to give. Don't keep doing that. Because instead of laying a foundation of rock, solid, strong, you're building your house on the sand. And here's the point. The preaching thing is not just about learning the theory, it's about having the wherewithal to put it into practice in life because storms come in our lives. They always do. So we need the foundation of God's word. But then we go out there and we put it into practice. That's why being able to read the signs out there in life is equally important. I know people who believe in Jesus, but they treat preaching like it's some theory lesson. They don't value it highly because they don't ever intend to go out there and wait for this, put it into practice. But that's exactly what Jesus intends. There's no separation between preaching and science in his view. Just read how he lived his life here on earth. The preaching and the practice 
were one in the same to him. And the more God's word becomes a part of us through our own Bible reading, through the preaching of those whom God has sent to us to teach us his word, the more his word becomes part of our DNA like that, the more we see the world through his eyes, from his perspective, rather than from our own selfish, worldly perspective. And the more we'll be able to read the signs, to hear his voice, to figure out his will for our lives, to exactly what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, as God's word takes root in us, we're changed because we change our minds. And that is when we become able to discern the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. It's not just theory, it's theory and practice. It's hearing God's word and taking that, let it become part of us and go and do it and live it. Preaching and practice, preaching and practice, preaching and practice over and over and over again. And before we know it, we're hearing God so clearly, so clearly. It is just an awesome thing. Friend, I want to encourage you again. Get in your Bible, spend time with God, reading his word, prayerfully thinking through it, praying. Go and get good teaching, good, solid, inspired, anointed, God-given Bible teaching. And then take those things and put them into practice in your life. And my friend, they will bear fruit a hundredfold. much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to enter into a rich, dynamic, powerful relationship with Jesus where they hear the voice of God for themselves. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. And each dollar that you give toward the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus. That is amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or calling 1-300-722-415. And listen, when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that special edition book that I've been telling you about. It's called, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? Again, online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.